Welcome back, everybody, to Greeking Out, episode six. Um, we're going to do things a little bit differently this week. It's very important that we mention that it's a special month, March. Not only is it the beginning of Lent, the Annunciation of Jesus Christ, but it's also Greek Independence Day. Not today, but later in the month. And because of that, it is National Greek Heritage Month. So, doesn't get a lot of... Uh, rap. Yeah, yeah, at all. Like, we always hear about Black History Month. It's also Women's History Month. Um, but we got to talk about this. The more important things. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but- so, our next four podcasts through the month of March are going to be very... Uh, centered around the pride of being Greek. And so mm-hmm. we're going to have a little bit of a different uh, segment set up, a little bit more serious on some notes. Definitely guess they'll have the, the comedy aspect in there, though. So we're looking forward to it. And uh, for those of you who are listening for the first time, uh, you don't have to listen to this episode to uh, understand any of the things, but uh, you should definitely go back and listen to the first five episodes um, just so you can pick up on any jokes or any past segments that we've done. Um, as always... I'm your host number two, unfortunately, Nico Paspolaris. You can follow me on Instagram at, at Nico.Paspolaris, N-I-K-O dot P-A-S-P-A-L-A-R-I-S with my host, Dimitri. Lattateris. I would like to say thank you for uh, You're welcome. finally admitting I to being I took the second. L on the last one, so yeah, I thought I'm Now it's set in stone. Yeah. So uh, I'm your other host, Demetrius Lagateris. You can follow me on Instagram at D underscore Lagateris. D underscore L-A-G-O-U-T-A-R-I-S. And as always, we're available on all um, podcasts, streaming services. So Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Anchor, Google, uh, what was it? Google, Google Podcast. Podcast um, Pretty much Pocket anywhere where yeah, podcasts can be heard. In the podcast. So uh, we're going to go ahead and get started into the first segment today. And I hope you guys enjoy. All right. Segment one. We're skipping the huge. Not going to do Greek Invention of the Week this week. I know everybody's very upset about this already. I personally am very upset. I am too a little bit, but yeah. we have so much other stuff that we got to get through it. So segment one is going to be Greek world records. So as all of you know, Greeks are the superior culture in all of the world. Yes. Therefore, it goes without saying. We hold so many world records that there was just too many to put. We'd have to have a whole separate podcast series on those. But... We're going to go off a few. This may become a reoccurring segment. But what is one thing that Greeks love more than anything else? Well, Dimitri, I know one thing I love more than anything else is food, which I think the Greek culture shares that love with me and you. Absolutely. Yes. So most of these today are food related. Actually, three of four are. So we're going to get right into it. Um, The first was not in Greece, but by a Greek chef. It was in the Moscow Square, and his name is Petros Lambrinidis. Petros Lambrinidis. Um, He lives in Moscow. He's a Greek chef, and he got together a thousand volunteers, and together they made the world's largest horiatiki salata. For those of you who don't know what that means, it's Greek salad. Yes, the traditional kind without any lettuce. Yeah. Because lettuce is trash. Is trash. Yeah. It gives people E. coli. Yep. And this Greek salad, this Horatiki Salata, is 20 tons of salad. Tons. Tons. 20-2-0 tons of salad. That is insane. That is so much salad. And, like, I feel like whenever you go and you get mazette, 
like you obviously get the hodiatiki, but like I'm not eating more than like a little bowl. Exactly. Like I'm having a couple tomatoes and maybe some cucumbers. Yeah, because I've never been a big salad guy anyway. Yeah. But like the I feel like even with a thousand volunteers and himself, like they need triple the amount of people that they have to eat this salad. Oh yeah, that's at least at least. I really hope it didn't so go much. to waste. I I hope they handed it out to like the homeless or something. It's Moscow, so you know yeah. they're, they're a bunch of commies. I don't know if they Anyways, did the next item on our list is the world's largest lollipop. So this was made, it took two days to make. In the in Athens. Uh I didn't find exactly where in Athens, but I know it was in Athens. Mm-hmm. This record was previously held by the Americans. Um which they made for Christmas, a gigantic like chocolate. I don't remember what are the I don't know the names, but those like if you've ever seen like it's like practically a fudge cube on a stick. Right. They're very I have uh no clue. they're really popular. Um but anyways. But that was the previous record. It was about uh, 5,000 pounds. I think it was close to that. But Greece knocked it out of the water on this one. It wasn't Destroyed even, it. It wasn't even close. The Greece largest lollipop of the world was 7,936.64 pounds. And this is a classic lollipop style. An enormous stick with a yep. round head. And... Like they, they put it on a cart and drove it around so people could see it. And like a lot of people were like taking their phones and they had a normal lollipop in their hand and like you knew it was far away so it looked the same size. But then like as they kept getting closer to the lollipop, they realized that the 7,936.64 pound lollipop was a lot larger. It took two days to make this yeah, that's, thing. What dedication? Only a Greek. Honestly, it's Only the passion. A Greek, the passion. Um, we unfortunately don't have a name for the person yeah, in charge of that project, but it, you can find all about it on Guinness World Records. Yeah. So the next one is the longest garlic braid. This was made by ne- Nea Visa um, in, uh, I think it said Thessaloniki. Yeah, I think you're right. But, but this dang thing is so long. It's 612 meters and 70 centimeters. So that's about 2,011 feet. That's, I mean, like, who needs that much garlic? Well, with the amount of, that's so much a lot of garlic. Yeah. Do you like, know, I feel have like, you ever had scoraladia? No, I haven't. Oh, dude, it's disgusting. It's like it's like garlic and breadcrumbs. Like, I feel it. like you're like not you don't mess with garlic though. No, I, I like garlic. No, yeah, I like garlic, but like it is literally just straight garlic and breadcrumbs like put together. See, that sounds good to me though. I like garlic, but like it's you're eating straight garlic. Like I'll have to drink a bottle of listerine no, okay. after. Yeah. Like, oh, the listerine won't help. One bite, your breath's gone. Gone. Yep. It's with it's usually with cod, but anyways, besides the point. Uh, for those of you who don't know what a garlic braid is, um, just go on Google and search it up. I'm not going to explain it to you. Um, they deal with <laughs> vampires, boy. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I like vampires. So the last one, <laughs> the last one today. I don't, I don't like vampires. <laughs> the last one today is not food related. Um, it is the fastest 1,000 mile run, and it was held by Yanis Kuros. And it was 10 days, 10 hours, 30 minutes, and 36 seconds. The man ran a 1,000 miles. Yeah, that's that's crazy. And I think when we looked it up, it was six miles or four miles per hour. So that's about a 15-minute mile pace. 
Yeah. For 10 days, 10 hours, 30 minutes, 36 seconds straight. And he's done a lot of these. He holds the world record for um, the Sydney to Melbourne ultramarathon. Um, He won the Spartathlon. Um, he's, He's got... I mean, if you look him up, it's incredible the uh, the feats that he's accomplished. And now, uh, if you know me personally, you know that just recently I ran a marathon. 26.2, baby. And I get made fun of for it a lot because it's like, we I'm don't not make a runner. Fun, no, listen, we don't make fun of him because, again, it's a feat and we're proud it is of a him. Feat, thank you. But, oh, God. I got to give a shout out to Tony Asimenios. He called me in the middle of the night and uh, he said, I'm going to run a marathon. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do it too. When is it? He said it's in 30 days. So uh, obviously I didn't really think that he was going to do it, but I didn't want to let him have the clout and not me and Mm -hmm. neither of us are runners. So we just kind of uh, did it. We trained for 30 days and we ran the marathon. Which is a great feat, like I said. That's only 26.2 miles compared to this 1,000 miles. Yeah, and you guys ran in how long? Just under five hours? Five hours it took us to run it, just about. That's Um, crazy. I couldn't walk for the next three days. Yeah. It was, I didn't even want to finish the damn thing because it was so hard to do. I cannot imagine how far running this actually feels on your body. Oh, it's probably the man's the goat. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm getting his face tattooed on my back. He's my motivation to get through it. All right. And also, I'd like to point out that I was never contacted about the 26.2 until about a couple weeks before when I couldn't be able to train for it. So you wouldn't have done it. Uh, I would have done it. If, you would uh, have done 30 it. minutes, 30 minutes, 30 days in advance. I would have done it. If if you guys were serious about it, would have done it. Anyways, I didn't know that he was serious. I, I didn't either. So I didn't he even like start really training honest, like yeah. really until like 15 <laughs> days before when he was like, "Okay, I signed up," and I was like, "Oh God, we're actually <laughs> yeah." But anyways, um, I think that does it for today. Greeks, all hail. You guys are great. Yeah. Um, We're going to come at you with some more world records. Oh, yeah, for sure. But not today, but maybe next episode, maybe the episode after that. We'll see. All right. All right, next segment. All right. So we're coming on to our next segment of today. Segment number two is carpeted toilet seats is a sin. This is a serious one. Very serious. So you all know when you go to Yabapu's house and the top of the toilet seat is carpeted. This tends to be older yayas and papus yeah, too. Yeah, like old. You know, old. once they've stopped caring about class as much and now care more about comfort. Yeah, it's more like the 80s range. No, I'd say 70s, late 80s. 80s. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, because my babu has one. He's like, oh, he's, okay. he's like 72. I think. Um, if you got young grandparents, you know, they're still hip. They're still, yeah, you know, sure. rocking that style. Like Tony G, yeah, shout out. Yeah, like yeah. marble toilet seats, gold toilet seats, oh, you yeah. know? You know they have a bidet. Do they really? Isn't that clock? I need to go use it. Oh, dude, it's amazing. Um, Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, hold on. Let's bidets. Because that's like a big thing. Dude, bidets are sweet. I've never used one. Dude, next time My you go to Tony Yaya's house. had one in every bathroom in the old house. <sighs> but the concept was very gross to me yeah, at the time. Yeah, I think as a kid. But yeah. Like, but like now I really want to try it. It'd be sweet. dude. It's, it's, it's an experience for sure. I, I wanted to have a blow dryer inside too, though. You know what I mean? Oh, so that well, way, that's like, what the toilet paper's for. Any, this I don't want to touch toilet yeah, paper. Yeah, me either. Anyway. <laughs> I just want it hands-free. Hands it's free. like those fancy Japanese toilets. Yeah, well, those are bidets. Well, yeah, but I'm, 
I, I want to use one, so I'm gonna have to go use theirs. Yeah. So if we'll you listen to this podcast, uh, Yan Papu Hicks, I'm coming to use your bidet. We're not coming for you. Well, I mean, yeah, I'll but, have a nice conversation. You know, yeah, we could have some. We cafe. love talking to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I can't. I can't drink coffee, but that's besides the point. That's beside the point. Um, where were we? Carpet and toilet, toilet seats. seats. Okay. So yeah. So the older yayas and bapus, when they care more about comfort instead of uh, which will happen to us all eventually. Eventually, and but. Now that I now that we're having the segment, I can't have a carpeted toilet seat. No, but this is something that I'll always. That's avoid. just something that is just so nasty. Like that picks up so much bacteria and so much like just nasty. Let's start shit. with the like, lid, okay? Yeah. So when you have a carpeted lid seat, you know we're talking about like that shag carpet, like a cover I can deal with. Shag carpet on your toilet seat no. is no, no, basically no. a petri dish for bacteria. Uh huh. I don't know. Who invented this? Who thought it was a good idea? Oh, it was a terrible idea. Uh, I mean, who invented that? Yeah. I'm looking it up right now. Thank you. Because, and if you think about it, like, when would you actually use that? The only time you're actually using that is when you're butt naked waiting for the, the shower to like, heat waiting up. For the shower to heat up. That is, <laughs> that is literally disgusting. And then, like, other people, like, have to lift it up to, like, huh. The no, flush, that's the no, flushing that's toilet. toilet. Keep looking. Um, but anyways, Yeah disgusting what's even more disgusting well my bapu also has in his house what it is, it is it is comfortable but it is disgusting it's the cushioned toilet seat of the actual rim yeah yeah that's now does he have the the shag carpet or like the foam the, the he has the carpet on the top and then the foam on the bottom okay so the foam's nasty as hell yeah the foam's disgusting anytime that Especially you're not sitting hot. on straight porcelain uh, oh you stick to it that's God. disgusting god um, but anytime the toilet seat's not porcelain or any material related to porcelain, it's automatically gross. At least with the foam, you know, you can clean it. You could take a latex That's wipe. That's true, or but you can't clean the carpet. With the carpet? I mean, you can, but there's really, like, you have to get a carpet cleaner for your toilet seat. Or it, you can probably take it off and put it in the washer, but who, who does that? And Come guys on. are the laziest oh, yeah. people ever. Yeah. So, so what guys are you putting the like, seat up oh. every time you pee? How much are you peeing on the seat? Yeah. Because I live in a communal – I live in a in a, uh, a dorm with communal bathrooms, and every single time I walk in there, there's piss all over the seat. Yeah, I kind of have to pee right now, so we'll see. I'll let you guys know next segment. <laughs> contrary to popular belief, this is film segment by segment. Yeah. So that sometimes, you know, whatever. Yeah. That doesn't matter. Um. Yeah. Bare minimum, disgusting. The foam over the carpet, but neither preferably. Um. That's bad. It's it. just I'm looking at pictures. And, oh, I feel disgusting just looking it's at it. So yeah. gr- look at oh, what is that? One. No, look at that wooden one. It's, like a, co- it's a traffic cone. Oh god, oh, that's actually like kind of cool. Body. No, that's like a that's like a um, what do you call that? Uh, outhouse. Body. Yeah, yeah. So there's this one picture, and it's like a wooden seat, and then it's like being funneled through a traffic cone into the like into septic the, tank below. Oh, that's kind of cool. That's kind of. <laughs> I'm glad you think it's cool. I mean, it's disgusting. Don't get me wrong. It's probably nasty, <laughs> but that's kind of sweet. Anyways, oh god, nasty, nasty. Why are your bathrooms like some right. of the weird team bidet for sure? Team bidet, absolutely. Well, but hold on, you just people redo their bathrooms all the time. But I feel like you're in there. Oh god. Oh, I found a picture. The god. entire bathroom is shag carpet, like the walls, the oh, floor, no. the bathtub. The only thing that's not is like the inside of the bathtub and the inside of the toilet and the oh, inside of the sink. Oh no. Oh my god! 
Oh yeah, no, we are definitely not team shag not carpet team shag or carpet. foam. If you go to any of your homies' houses that are Greek or the Yambapus, immediately dispose of it. Don't say anything. Just go throw it out in the trash, and then uh, if they notice, just be like, "Hey, that was shag carpet. Dimitri and Nico on Greek and I told me to get rid of it, so I did." Um, burn it too don't oh yeah don't throw it away because then somebody can always grab it well, out no. of the oh yeah and then their hands are gonna be nasty yeah and then it was in the in the yeah. trash and now it's back on the toilet maybe you can just be like one of those homeless people where you start to fire it inside the trash can <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then you can just put it on the side of the road and let it burn because that's where it needs to be yeah i mean um, it's not doing anything like for the environment kind of i yeah. didn't think it was gonna be this long anyways i didn't either but we're going to go into a very, very, very important segment, this next one. So I'm glad that we got a little lighthearted on this one because the next one is actually strictly serious because um, it's very important to everyone who's Greek. And, yeah, because I could um, I could keep talking about this, but it's just going to go off on a oh, tangent. Yeah, for sure. So we're going to so, stop. Uh, we're going to go ahead and go into the next segment here. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. Get in your serious moods. Get your serious pants on because we're not messing around on this next one. All right. So today's segment number three is going to be – uh, very special as Nico said, but real quick, he just got back from the bathroom. He's going to tell us about his non-carpeted toilet seat experience. Well, it was non-carpeted. So thankfully I was able to see the piss on the toilet seat to whoever went there before. I'm telling you, it's every time. Dude, that's ridiculous. I want to print out a sign and, and laminate it and part, put it right over. Dude, the says, worst part about having the carpeted toilet seat is you can't see that piss. So you sit down and that bitch is wet <laughs> and then done. God. All right. Enough okay. for fooling around. Was there a bidet? No, there was not a bidet. Of course there wasn't. Of course there wasn't. I don't you think I'd use a public bathroom bidet. Yeah. I, I don't know. Because how would that get dirty? Well, how do – I guess I've never really looked inside a bidet before. I just kind of used one. I mean, I don't know. Like where's the jet? Yeah, it depends where the jet is, I think. Yeah, because if the jet's directly under, I ain't using that. No, because no, then – No. Yeah. But if it's like at a anyway, back angle, okay. anyway. All right, all right. So, so the next segment is going to be called Philotimo. This is our Greek word of the day, but it's also going to be its own segment. So if you have ever heard of Philotimo, um, it's a word that kind of describes many words. The way I've heard it put before is it's a constellation of meanings. Yeah, it's a Greek word that is without meaning or without definition, but impacts the world beyond imagination. The word philotimo comes from the Greek root words philos, meaning friend, and timi, meaning honor. And there you go. Um, Dang, I thought you'd think that was funny. I, I did. I, I'm just trying I'm to think yeah. because this, this, this topic is, is so complex yeah. that it's almost hard to describe. Yeah, this one might be a long one too, but definitely stick around because it's important, especially if you're Greek. Even if you're not Greek because this is something everyone should live by in the world. We'd have a much nicer world. It would be. Yeah. Um, I think the best way to describe everything that Philotimo holds is um, similar to the golden rule. Yeah. And the golden rule, I think, especially with younger people, is misconstrued to think that you treat people how they treat you. But that's never been the case. It's always treat others how you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. So regardless of the way that you're being treated, you treat others with the utmost of respect yep. and uh friendship um help me out here it's it's uh, so, so complicated here's an example so when i was in greece my first time um obviously i didn't know that there were sea urchins or anything in the ocean and like jellyfish and stuff and so i'm walking out into the ocean or whatever step right on a sea urchin hurt super bad but 
right when I got out of there, I was walking back to the thing. I was like, oh, that hurts. And there was probably five or six yas, other people coming up with like this cream. They're like, was it poisonous? What did it look like? Just offering their hands out to help me. And in the United States, you probably wouldn't get that. You'd get maybe one or two people being like, hey, man, are you okay? And you'll be like, yeah, I'm fine. I would just step on a sea urchin. But um, it's definitely just being kind to others, uh, reaching out, even if it inconveniences you, because you know that it'll greatly impact someone else's day. Um, really important. Definitely try and live your life like that. Live your life like Greeks, because... Yeah, so the common theme of Philotima is kind of like it's it's a force that binds us all together as Greeks. Um, and it's not something that you can only experience as a Greek. And I think that's the important part. But Greeks are known for their hospitality. Mm-hmm. It's one of their yeah. their greatest feats. Um, People wonder why we always throw parties is because we have such great hosp- hospitality that we love to have people come into our own homes and experience traditions that we have, even if they're not Greek. Uh, that's why you see like, as like Greek Americans, like us kids, we grew up in like the American system. So like we had all American friends without that Greek culture in life. But we also had our friends from the church and that had these Greek cultures and know what Greek food tastes like and know the language and stuff like that. And we like to introduce that to other people just as a form of letting them know, hey, like I know we always joke around and say Greece is the best culture in America or in the United in the world, because it is personally in my opinion, but um, they do have their flaws. But Philotimo is an underlying factor of tying us all together into one kind of body. Um of Greek essence is important. Um, yeah. So the the philosopher Thales, he said, "Philotimo to the Greek is like breathing. A Greek is not a Greek without it." And I think that's a very important statement to be understood when you're talking about Philotimo, because even if you don't know the word Philotimo, even if you've never heard of the actual concept itself before, it's something that we were all raised with. And it's something that makes us distinctly Greek. And especially during this time of um, Greek American Heritage Month, yep, um, it's something that we need to remember and make sure that we're practicing, but it shouldn't stop there. Um, it's something that we should remember and use throughout our lives. Right. And if you guys want like a better understanding of what Philotimo means, the, the segment's not over, but... There's a really good video that me and Dimitri watched that almost kind of inspired us to get the segment. We want to do something like it, but um, this video really kind of tackled what it means and um, gave its separate meaning. It's called The Greek Secret of Philotimo. Um, it's from the Philotimo Foundation. It's on YouTube. It's about 15 minutes long, uh, nothing too long or anything, but it's definitely, it's a bunch of Greek people like in higher, um, what's the word, in higher places in the United States, like Greek Americans that came or Greeks yeah, the, that came uh, to America. Director of the Washington or not Washington Huffington Post, Huffington Post. Post. She's um, Greek. Yeah. It, it's famous Greek Americans that we see in our yeah. everyday lives. And so they're basically talking about what Philotimo means to them, how it impacted their lives, and like how they how they always tell their kids. The Yeron um, of America, Archbishop Dim- or not Archbishop Demetrius, Bishop Demetrius, yeah. Yeron of America at the DAD. He's in the video. Yeah. Um, big, big uh, figure. His words are extremely inspiring. Yeah. I have to correct you real quick though, just for the people. Um, it's the Washington Ojide Foundation. Okay. They came up with the video, filmed extremely well. Oh, yeah. For um, sure. It's a little bit longer. Um, and when I say that, I'm talking like 12, 14 minutes. It's not like an yeah. hour-long video. It's, it's 14 minutes and 47 seconds. Okay, yeah. perfect. So definitely give that a watch. They do it way better justice than we can. But oh, we yeah, wanted sure. to acknowledge this, uh, this word and this theory, I want to call it. 
All right. Yeah. Ethereum. Um, just because, you know, we're so proud to be Greek and this is one of the, the things that separates our culture from other cultures. Right. So be proud of it and practice it because if you don't practice it, then what's even the point? Yeah. And everyone's proud to be in America. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm very fortunate to have grown up here and everything and all these opportunities <laughs> that I've given, but I still have that filotimo that I use to impact those other people because people remember you for your actions and your words. And when you go out to places, you're representing your family as in just to just you. So when you have good filotimo and you have all of these good qualities and you're a kind person and you reach out to others, people see that as, oh, they their parents raised them well or, oh, that family has so much filotimo and wow, they're so Greek basically is how I would put it. Yeah. And so here's another thing that I want to talk about. Do you follow um, any of these uh, new accounts on Instagram that have come up recently? The uh, what are they called? Like uh, confession accounts, like the Greek confessions yeah. or Goy yes. confessions. So if you follow, especially Greek confessions, I don't follow them, but I, I am aware. Of them. Recently, everybody's been talking about, oh, if you're you're not a real Greek if you don't speak Greek. Oh, speaking Greek doesn't have anything to do. There's been a lot of uh, uh, turmoil recently on how Greek you are and a big fight over being Greek, which goes back to our first episode about out greeking each other yeah. in the first place. Yeah, we don't want to out each other. That is the opposite of philosophy. Yeah, one of yeah. the big things that people keep talking about is, do you speak Greek? And if you don't, you're not a real Greek. Exactly. Pick up the phone, Which talk to your and papu. Right. You know, and that's not a luxury that all of us have. Mm -hmm. So my point here, just to anybody who follows that account and is listening, um, it's not, it has nothing to do with whether or not you speak Greek. I don't care if you were born in Greece, born in America. Uh, if Greek was your first language. If you even yeah. know a single word in Greek, if right. you're Orthodox, if you're Jewish, if you're Muslim, if you have that Greek DNA, the, uh, you know, take a 23andMe test. If you're ethnically Greek, you're ethnically Greek. That's, that's what there is to that in the most basic term. But what I would say, and I think Nico would agree with me here is, you are not a true Greek if you do not practice Philotimo. Oh, definitely. That's what not. it comes down to. I don't care anything else. A thousand percent. Even if you just know basically that my DNA says I'm Greek, I don't know anything about my culture. And I know people like that. I've met people here at college who said, oh, my dad's Greek, but you know we don't know anything about the culture. It doesn't matter. You can learn those things. Right. But if you don't practice Philotimo, you might as well not call yourself a Greek. Right. And – um. You see it. I'm trying to find a way to put this without calling anyone out. I know a couple of people who are Greek, and um, they have either one Greek parent or or one Greek parent, or they have both of their parents are Greek, and um, they don't practice. They go to the Greek Orthodox Church and everything, but and especially in the Greek Orthodox Church, it's very hard not to get involved because every it's not pushed on you, but like you grow up with these kids and everything, so you want to go out and do all these things like Greek dance, uh, Greek school. Like you're forced to go to Greek school when you're younger. Um, but underlying point. Uh, you, I lost my point. Never mind. I would say just it basically goes back to the it doesn't matter how genetically Greek you are if you speak the language. Yeah, and, if you're Greek, and this has been really them. irritating me recently. Yeah, um, obviously, it's a confessions page, so the person who owns it doesn't uh spread write any of these things themselves, they're just things that people send in. It's gotten a lot of popularity recently after HDF because of FDF confessions. If you keep up with all this stuff, then you know. I don't think any of these pages are anything that are like 
super out of the like normal. Blue. Yeah, I, it's the same people sending the same stuff into yeah. all of them. Um, I'd call it a fad, probably. Oh yeah, I think sure. some of them will probably stay, but nobody really. Some of them are funny too. I mean, yeah, I'm not I'm trying to. I'm not trying to bash yeah. these pages. I follow all of them. I yeah. think some of them are funny. Some of them but are specifically, funny. when it comes to this big uh, debacle how about how Greek are you yeah. and cutting people down and trying to make yourself look better about all this stuff. You're directly going against this idea of Philotimo. And to that, I would say, how Greek are you actually? Because you're cutting down the main idea that bonds our culture together. Right. And that might have seen, or that might have been, uh, what's the word, classified as hypocritical. But it's not. Because when you practice Philotimo and you have all this giving and all this kindness, um, and you see other Greeks that don't, it's not necessarily trying to out-Greek them and be like, well, how Greek are you? It's more trying to say that, are you Greek because you don't practice Philotimo? And it's such a it's such a powerful thing that brings us all together as one culture. Um, tell us that, so there's this quote by, it's your, it's your fa- it's Dimitri's favorite quote. I want you to say it. Oh, we're going to get to that later. I'll okay. save that for the later okay, segment. Perfect. But um, but we'll come back to that. I'll, I'll mention yeah. it. You'll know when, and when you hear Philo it. And will be an underlying theme of his next four episodes for sure. Um, yeah. You'll definitely get to see how much we actually do love Greece and how much we do love being Greek. If you haven't already, I'm sure you have. But um, really to the extent of how much it's impacted our lives, how much has it impacted people that we know that aren't Greeks' lives and just by knowing us and stuff like that. So we definitely encourage you to go and look at that 14 14- – minute 14 15 minute video and um get that true meaning of philotimo they're very high up people in different american companies and uh they definitely hit it on the spot as far as what goes how to pass it to your kids is a really important one so um there was one guy um and he said whenever his kid would do something bad or whenever when he whenever he was a kid and he would do something bad his father would say don't you have any philotimo and so it's it's how you carry yourself, how you even when no one's looking, like always do the right thing when no one's looking. That's another good one. Um, so it's just really important to know these things. And as you're growing up and you have your kids of your own, you make sure that you instill the Svilotimo in them as well, because it is so important. And uh, we should be spreading the culture of Greece and the language of Greece and everything. And even if somebody doesn't know the language, that isn't necessarily a bad thing because, you know, that's not what defines you being Greek. Your DNA defines you being Greek. Your philotimo defines you being Greek. Like if I married a Xeni and they had upstanding philotimo and they're kind and they hang out and they hand out to people and everything, I would consider them Greek to me. So I like that. Yeah. I do too. That one came from the heart for sure. I, I felt it. Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah, so go watch the video, please. Uh, I mean, obviously, this isn't a sponsored video by them. They're not listening to our podcast. No, definitely not. If it they was are, just something please that reach we out came- to us. Oh, yeah, definitely. To talk to you. Oh, my gosh. Um, but this was just something that came up as we were scrolling through YouTube the other day. Yep. Um, so not give it a shot. Yet. You'll definitely enjoy it. And they do it a much better Perfect job of job, giving yeah. it justice. But this video or this segment is now as long as that video, so we're going to move on to the next thing. <laughs> Here we go. All right, so pretty uh, heavy, heavy section for sure. Section. Yeah. So we're moving on to the segment four of today, which mm-hmm. is going to be another lighthearted one. This is called plastic on the couch. Yep. Now I don't care how classy you are. No. This is something that we all know about. You can have a diamond couch with silk pillows. 
and it's going to be covered in plastic. Um, the, the important thing here is that we recognize that as Greeks, we have all experienced this in our lives. It's just shared hatred. If you like this, turn off the podcast. Go do something else because I don't need your listenership. Nope. Um, but it's been featured in, uh, if you see My Big Fat Greek Wedding, you could see it. Um, featured at uh, Yaya's Trap House. Um, all kinds of places. Anything Greek is going to acknowledge the plastic on the couch. So we figured that we had to as well. What's the point? I think it's more maintenance. No, it's definitely maintenance. Upkeeping. But what's the point of buying a nice couch, nice enough to put plastic over it to yeah. keep it nice, if you can't enjoy the couch because you're sitting on plastic? My question is where they get the plastic. Does the plastic come with the couch? Do you like they see that a yaya's coming to buy this couch and like, oh, you got to give me the plastic? I like to think of it as shrink wrap. Like they just put yeah, like maybe. this huge piece of plastic. Like you know those things, and then take heat guns. To you it. know those things that are like you can put a bunch of clothes in there and you you air seal it. Yeah. What are those called? I don't remember. Um, yeah, but basically like like the that. vacuum. Yeah, packs, the vacuum like, packs. But what? I don't know. I know exactly. Shrink. Oh, anyways, I don't um, remember. Keep it going. Um, so this is like it's not just with the couch. I mean, obviously the plastic's just on the couch. We're gonna focus on that. I'm trying to get off topic here. I don't want to do that. So we live in Florida. Mm -hmm. We live in a place where even now, on March fourth, it's gonna be like eighty degrees outside later. Oh, it probably is now. Oh no! Actually, today's a little bit chillier. But um, let's see. Let's see. Not the point. As we said, the weather. Right oh, this now, week, of course. Now that I'm talking about yeah, it, this week's going to be a little bit cooler. Sixty-three um, right now, but Sunday it's going to be eighty-one. So, classic. Love it. Love Florida. Anyways. The point is, we also have somewhere around ninety-six percent humidity. Yeah, which is high. Which causes a lot of perspiration. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if you've ever sat on a plastic couch in a tank top and short shorts after being outside and mowing the lawn for an hour and a half. But a plastic couch is the last thing you want to sit on. Yep, because then you, you might as well sit up. on double-sided tape. Yep. It just grabs your skin and pulls you. Ugh. It's just the nastiest thing ever. Yeah. Or the alternative, if it's really hot, like Hot enough that you're actually like drenched, like, like 90s, 100s. Then you're just sliding off the couch. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. the, the sweat just creates this <laughs> lubricant between you and the surface. And then I don't know if any of you have ever stayed at your Yaya and Papu's house and had to sleep outside on the couch. No way to get comfortable. Nope. I remember as punishment, my my parents. If I ever did something wrong, my parents would just send me to a night at my Papu's house. My brother, he doesn't do anything like all day. All he does is sit and watch Greek TV. And like, I can't, like, I'm perfect example. I was one of the Greeks who wasn't taught Greek when they grew up, which I wish I was personally, but um, just because. Well, we're learning. Yeah. And um, yeah, so whenever I would do something wrong, it'd be me sitting at on this plastic couch with my papu. And it'd be like 150 degrees outside. Not 150. It'd be like 100 degrees outside. And we'd be watching Greek news which is always biased and definitely terribly wrong probably most of the time or it's a greek soccer game that's when it got interesting because i enjoy watching soccer as a greek but yeah just 
bad times. That was bad punishment. That I, I always really had a, bad. Yeah, that was yeah. like a like a fun day for me. Like, oh, we're going to Yaya's house. Yeah. No. Yeah. Mm-mm. Sorry. Punishment. Sorry, yeah. Papu. Um, I love your Papu though. Yeah, as long as we don't go to Bob Evans, we're fine. Uh, <laughs> that's a segment for another time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, the candies. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I loved Maya. Yaya. She was a great woman. Yeah. So she had I. very nice things. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a big believer in buy the nicest thing that you can afford. I think that was when you're that's looking. Where got, that's where you got it from. Yeah, yeah. She wasn't going to go spend excess money that she didn't have to go buy something super nice that she didn't need. But you know, if she needed a new couch, she was going to go out and buy the best one she could with the money that she had. Mm-hmm. And I respect that because she she wasn't a cheapskate. No. But then you go and put plastic over it. You're not enjoying it anymore. She did the same thing with the dining room table. Oh, um, I forgot about those. When she passed yeah. away and we pulled that uh, cover off of it and it was still this pristine, beautiful table with burl inlays and all kinds of different wood patterns going on. You know, it's so beautiful. But my whole life I never knew that it was there because it was covered by a thick old... Uh, thing of plastic. Not even plastic. She had these actual like hard uh laminate covers that were the exact cutout of the yeah, top of the table and yeah, then a tablecloth over about. so what's the point of buying yourself these nice things if you're not going to use it you know what i think it is so i was talking to my dad the other day and he always he's always wanted to open a restaurant i don't know why um but i was like i was like why and he's like i gotta leave something for my kids i was like dad my dad's a very successful guy he's done a lot in his life he's, since he moved from greece he's worked very hard um and he's like it's never enough for my kids. So what I think is that um, it's just a, another thing of like how much your parents and your yas and babus love you, that they're trying to maintain it so they can hand it down to their kids. That's definitely the case. That could be it. And we did keep some of the stuff, yeah, but we that table was enormous. Yeah. And we already have a very nice dining room table, so we have no, no – you know, we had to sell it. Right. You know? And then maybe they thought of that as well. Maybe they're like, oh, well, if they have a dining room table, then they can sell it for the money that I bought it for. Because by yeah. then it's considered vintage, so it's yeah. a lot nicer. Or, or I mean, I see that. I've always been a fan of use the things yeah, that I buy. Too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I don't see – I personally don't see a reason of buying something and not using it. I'm wearing Yeezys right now. They're practically trash. Yeah, because you wear I spent all this money, money on them, you might but as well I'm going to wear yeah. them because I bought them. They're exactly. shoes in the long run. Yeah. You know, they're, they're nicer shoes, but they're still shoes, so yeah. I'm just going to wear them. Yep, yep, yep. That's, I think that's the point here. Maybe is instead of covering your couch with plastic, just use it. Yeah. Even, I mean, even if you're already using it, just use it without the plastic. It's so much nicer. Yeah. Especially also, you're going to lose your nice friends. Couches. Yeah. You're going to lose at least me and Dimitri, which should be the two most important people in your life. So. It is. Yeah. You, I, I've seen you guys just waiting next to your phones for Monday Creaking when the podcast six. is going to release. Give us a five-star rating and view on Apple Podcast Blog. Anyways. Um... Yeah, I think that brings us to our next segment. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, it was a good um, one. Next other? segment. All right, solid. So we've already done Greek word of the day. Now we're bringing in a new one. It's called Greeklish word of the day. Greenglish, Greeklish. Yeah. Whichever you want to call it. Uh-huh. I think I think Greeklish we're, sounds better. We're team Greeklish. Yeah. Continue. Um. So I think it's pretty self-explanatory, a word that's neither Greek nor English, but we use as Greek-Americans. Yep. To any of our Australian listeners, I'm sorry if you don't understand this. I think you will, though, because it's still English. We just use different dialects, you know? Same thing goes with any Canadians. Um, 
I don't think we have any other worldly listeners besides Australian and Canadian. Who's listening from Australia? I got family down there. Really? Yeah. Oh, why not? Plus, anyway. it's a huge Greek community. Oh, we're you're breaking right. into yeah, all. I mean, true. like Sydney, Sydney Melbourne. Yeah. Oh, huge. no, we might actually because I met a couple of people in Australia from Lesbos too, and they might be listening. Yeah. So if you guys are from Australia, listenership. leave us a five star rating or review. Plug again. Let us know that you're from Australia. Yeah, too. for sure, because that's super. Because cool. I only know of like two so far that are. Yeah, I only know a couple. I don't so, know if there's many more than that, but we're trying to break into your. Uh, we're trying to go worldwide. Baby. Yeah, Pit come on, tell your friends. You guys have a. Huge Greek community. We are Mr. and Mr. Worldwide. So Yes. Yeah. Now. Anyway. Greek without further ado, can I get a drum roll? So right's okay. So that's okay. So right's okay. This is a word that my papu used to use all the time. It means it's all right. It's okay. <laughs> this can be used in a plethora of different ways. For example, Nico. Yes. What did you think of the Avgolemono the other night at Athens Cafe? It's all right. It's okay. It's all right. It's okay. It's okay. Well, the Avgolemono. I think that's actually their really best thing. Good. That was yeah. just an example. It's their best dish. Um, Not trying to rag or anything. No, I love yeah. Avgolemono. Best of soup. Years. Honestly, Ooh, best soup. I don't know about that one. Why? What would you say? I don't know. I don't really like soup. Well, then how do you... But I don't know if it's the best. I like. I can eat soup, but I don't know if it's the best soup. It's the best soup. It's the best soup. All right. Don't listen to him. Continue. To- oh, oh, it's oh. The best soup. Before we go on, everyone remembers the review for the Avgulemino Yaya soup. And it was the long one. We shouted out. I said it was my godbrother Theo, but it was not my godbrother Theo. It was my godbrother Tony, his younger brother. Yeah, that's brother, important. Because they share the same information in the same uh, account for their iPod Apple thing. Music. Or, yeah, for the Apple Music. So Tony actually wrote it. And when Theo went to go, he's like, hey, I didn't remember writing this. And then I gave him the credit without asking Tony. Tony, I apologize. I love you. And uh, let's keep going. So, uh, Avgolemino soup's good, and soda, it's okay. Soda, it's okay. How's it? Soda, it's okay. Um, another example would be, how's the weather outside, Nico? Mm, soda, it's okay. It's all right. It's okay. I think you get the gist of this. And one more example. Dimitri, how is Greek and Out podcast? Oh... It's very good. Polyorea. Not so right, it's okay. Not so right, it's okay. Better. Better than so right, it's okay. Polyorea. All the polyoreas. The megalo polyoreas. <laughs> Don't come at me. I know that's not right. Okay? Who cares? If you, if you, we, if you got a problem, turn it off. You don't have the philotimon if you come at us, is all I'm saying. We're coming um, for you. But Oh, for sure. But... Um, that brings us to our next segment, which is another a another um, very inspiring segment. Inspiring one, yeah, and for sure. we are go- it's going to be our end segment. Yeah, We're well, going to end yeah, on maybe. a bold note. Yep, for sure. So uh, we'll without s- further ado, we'll here we go. Monday, yeah. All right. So our final segment today is going to be another motivational one. It's called "How the Greeks Stopped the Nazis." So during World War II, Hitler had a master plan. To take over all of Europe. And he uh, was able to do a lot of this with little to no resistance. Um, The Allies were having a very hard time stopping the German forces. Until one day, Hitler sends Mussolini and the Italians down to Greece. Mistake. 
Huge mistake. You see, they had been moving through uh, Germany at a pretty solid, or not Germany, I'm sorry, Europe, through a pretty solid pace. This list is in the order of Days of Resistance, not chronological order. But I think it's important that we, we recognize it. So Luxembourg fell to the Germans with zero days of resistance. It took them one day to conquer the entirety of Luxembourg. No, they just surrendered. Or zero days. Zero days. Yeah. Czechoslovakia, again, zero days. Denmark surrendered immediately. Zero days of resistance. Yugoslavia, they hit three days of resistance before they were taken over. The Netherlands did a little bit better with four. Belgium was able to hold out 18 days before falling to the Nazis. Poland lasted 30. France made it 43 days. Norway made it a whopping 61 days of resistance. What's important here is that the Greeks held out the longest of everybody with a whopping 219 days of resistance against the Germans or against the, the Axis forces. Right. Um, so... Because they held out so long, the Italians weren't able to complete their task that they were sent out to do by themselves. Hitler then had to separate himself from fighting in Russia to send some forces down to Greece. So that way they were able to uh, kind of cut the, uh, the pressure from both fronts at the time. Mm -hmm. Because he did this... Um, the first official victory of the war for the Allies was obtained. It's important that we recognize that they were fighting on the mainland and mainly in Crete as well. And so we've heard many stories about this. Um, you can fact check it. I, I've done as much as I could uh, in the time that I had to prepare this segment. But it's been said that as paratroopers were falling on the island of Crete, the Yayas were outside with their pitchforks stabbing the soldiers literally as they were falling down to the ground to uh, to just do as much damage as possible. Whereas other countries at this time had only lost minor percentages, you know, somewhere around two, three, four percent of their the population. The whole ten. The gr tiny little Greece lost ten percent of their entire population during this time. It's crazy. Had the Greeks not held out as long as they did, the entire history of Europe would probably be different. Would have been well, different. the world, yeah. definitely. Europe is heavily argued. Yeah. Um, it's said that it it's definitely not an overstatement to say that, that Europe would be an incredibly different place at this time. Extremely different place, um, yeah. There are a plethora of quotes you can find. Um, but... One that I think really stands out is, for the sake of historical truth, I must verify that only the Greeks, of all the adversaries who confronted us, fought with bold courage and highest disregard of death. That quote is by Adolf Hitler. He's not going around saying this about other people. No, definitely not. He's not a man who likes to admit his losses. Mm -mm. Um, so I think this is one of the most important quotes to look at because it proves how hard the Greeks actually fought. He let them keep their flag. That's huge. Crazy big, yeah. I mean, all of these big countries, you know, the Axis powers, they were, they were taken over a lot of the time. As you saw in the list, people were just surrendering as soon as they showed up. Yep. And when they did resist, 
they hardly made it a week, let alone a month, let alone 220 almost days. Yeah, and it's especially big because Adolf Hitler and himself is this form of oppression of history, right? So obviously he did not like the Jewish people. Um, so for that big of a figure of oppression to say to this one group of people that you can still fly your flag of your country up while, although I have won the battle is insane. Like he literally was knocking out entire countries within a day. They, they were automatically surrendering three days, six days, even 60 days is not that long. Yeah. And and that was the, the next highest, yeah, 60. For sure. You're looking at 220 as opposed to 60. The gap is so large that you have to acknowledge it. And he did. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say I respect him for that because I don't respect him whatsoever. At all, yeah. But, but that to is see that he said that yes. is... That he recognizes Definitely. That. One other quote that um, proves how hard the Greeks fought. We all know Winston Churchill, huge figure of the time. Oh, yeah. He said... If it were not for the bravery of the Greeks and their courage, the outcome of World War II would have been undetermined. Hence, we will not say that Greeks fight like heroes, but that heroes fight like Greeks. That's so powerful. That is huge. Yeah. Winston Churchill. Everybody knows that name. You're taught that name while you're in school. Our kids are taught these names. Um, I don't know how many kids, but... um, growing up you always there was always a section documentary upon documentary upon documentary about this guy and for him to say that about the greeks is so important i mean we've all seen greece on a map yeah you know it's it's tiny yeah it's not a huge place or or a place that in today's world has much control over anything yeah and i'm sure hitler going into it was like oh they're small country this will be easy but they mm-hmm. forgot about the power and the passion that the we all have. The, I don't even know people. if I'd call it Filotimo because that's more like, in my mind at least, like the, the pride and joy. But definitely, I guess it kind of is. Yeah, because they're so prideful to the country, they're willing to die for it. Which, yeah. of course, we have that in America as well. That's why America are World War back-to-back champs. Oh, but, absolutely. Um, no plug or anything. I'm not going to say the I'm brand. I'm USA, baby. Yes, sir. But also, but also Greece, Greece, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, and but, that's uh, what we're focusing yeah. on right now. Um, if you get the chance, look up some of these stories. Uh, I mean, mayors, prime ministers. Um, oh, I don't know if prime minister one. is the right word. Um, that That's a good one. Bishops. You know, they were working even under the occupation of the Germans during this time to hide their Jewish counterparts. Yeah, there was, um, was it Thessaloniki, the mayor of Thessaloniki? The mayor and the bishop and of the Thessaloniki bishop. were... Uh, Challenged with the task of creating a list of all of the Jewish residents in Greece or in Thessaloniki. Yeah. And they were supposed to report it to a high ranking officer. The rule at the time was anyone found harboring uh, Jews or were Jewish would uh, be killed on the spot or sent to a concentration camp. Mm -hmm. And these two individuals were so unafraid of death and so courageous that what they did is they went around to everybody's houses. They found all the Jewish people and they gave them rations, a um, little bit of money, a little bit of food and sent them up to the mountains in hiding where the Germans would never find them. 
And when the time came to meet with the German officers, oh, what they did was they gave them a list with two names on it. And those two names were their own names. And they said, we are the only Jewish occupants of the island. You'll have to take us. And they did lose their lives, but they did it for a cause that... A much greater cause. Uh, an immensely greater cause. Yeah. I mean, he was an archbishop. He wasn't Jewish. That's the Philotimo that we were talking about mm -hmm. earlier. That's um, that being kind to others. And that's probably the farthest extent you'll get. And the farthest... Uh, uh, greater love has history, no man yeah. than to lay down his life for a brother. That's yeah, in the Bible. Exactly. Yeah, crazy. Um, and it just, it just goes to show how how strong and the Greeks are fought. as a people and how what the outcome of this was changed the course of history. Yeah. So we're going to be ending the podcast for the next couple of weeks with an event such as this one that changed the shape of history because honestly, we're known for it. Yeah. The Greeks have done this on more than one occasion, occasion yeah. where the world was at stake <clears throat> and their decisions shaped it for the better. Yeah, because Greece always falls on the right side of the I war. I was just going to say yeah. that. Greece yeah. has always fallen on the right side of because history. Because of that, Philotimo, because of the, they have that always do the right thing, that treat others the way you would like to be treated. And um, that is what gets them on the, so when they see wrongship and they see, um, what's the word? They see uh, oppression. Yeah. Oppression and all of that. They know that's not right. And they know that's not how the world should be. And everyone should be kind to each other and everything like that. And so they always end up winding on the right side where nobody's getting oppressed. We're fighting for freedom um, with the ability to do one's own will and everything like that. And that's why they always fall on the better side. And not that the other side's good, but they always fall on the right side of the wars and that's why they're always successful. Yeah. So remember that yeah. and, and be proud of it. Be proud of what your, your ancestry has done for, for the you. world. Yeah. Um, but so that's that our last segment. Up, yeah. Definitely look more into it. There's so many facts. I don't have time to talk about all that. I mean, a documentary that size could last hours. Oh, yeah. Um, but definitely go ahead and look at that video about Filotimo. It's only 14, 15 minutes long. Um, go look at the picture of that lollipop. That lollipop's huge. Uh, long They're carpeted gray. toilet seats. Let us Carpet know your opinions seats. on that. Yeah. If Continue to send house, us some ideas. ideas. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if you haven't told your friends already, tell them all. We're available on all podcasts. If not, podcasts we're coming services. for you. Yep, 100%. Um, um, what else? Uh, Follow us. Leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Expect really some us. kind of Twitter or something yeah, soon. Maybe an Instagram sure. page or something uh, um, for the podcast. Um, just so that way we could better get information to you guys. You have a better platform to send stuff in because you've been doing a great job at that. And we absolutely sure, love yeah. it. Um, definitely give us any critiques that you have because we always like to hear that. We want to make it better for you guys. Easier to listen to um, if the mic's too low, if the mic's too high. Uh, We're going to be like getting that. some new equipment to eliminate some of this echoing and background noise. Yeah, so that'll be nice. That's come soon. I know there's right. not much of it right now, right. but you know we want the optimal listening experience. Yeah, just so it's more enjoyable for you guys. And um, again, as host... Number two, I am at Nico.Paspolaris on Instagram and I K-O.P-A-S-P-A-L-A-O-R-I-S. Um, and then you can follow Demetria at D underscore Lagateris, D underscore L-A-G-A-U-T-A-R-I-S. Um, yeah, so expect new stuff coming where we can interact with you guys better. Um, definitely send us the ideas, critiques, uh, 
five star rating podcasts. And um, we got over 150 listens this week alone yeah, within so the past really seven days. Appreciate it. So thank you um, for that. Keep up the good work. Tell your friends. Final uh, word. We plugged uh, last week my sister Venetia Ligateris. She's doing a Kickstarter for enamel pins. In no way a sponsor, just, you know, we want to see her succeed sure. as a Greek-American yeah. trying to start her own business. Her Kickstarter is Bite Hard, um, B-I-T-E-H-A-R-D. You can find it on Kickstarter's website. Please go support it. She's getting really close to her goal. She has about 10 days left. Mm-hmm. Every little dollar helps. Um And with that, thank you guys very much for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Yes, sir.